Hello and welcome back another episode of Coming Up Winners. Folks, we have so much to chew on today. I mean, whether it was college football Saturday, I mean the college football playoff situation, we obviously have lots of thoughts on that. The NFL shenanigans from Sunday were absolutely bananas. Andrew Lynch, where do we even start? I mean, do you have a Mike Tomlin rant that can match your Blake Bortles rant from last week? I might have one or five. You might. I don't because I was on the Chargers side in that game on Sunday night. But no, I'm feeling like Tyson Fury this morning. You know, you take it on the chin. You watch the ref count to six. And then you get back up and you finish the fight. Look at you. Always coming with the good analogies on a Monday morning. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, I need those analogies. My Sunday was a bloodbath. You know, I almost wore all black lynch today to signify the end of my super contest run. It was a good run, but a one in four probably puts the nail in the coffin for winning. I could still sneak into the money, but I'm really angry today. I have a lot of rants. I will try to contain the rants, you know, minimize them because we don't want to be too negative to start the week. And you're only allowed to wear all black if you're an NBA team in the playoffs. That's how (laughs) this works, J-Mac. You know that. Zero dark 30. Andrew Lynch, let's start coming up winners this week. What did you learn? I got to let you go first because I learned a lot. Uh, my wife is involved in what did I learn, as are my kids. I'll let you go first, Andrew. Well, unlike Mike Tomlin, I will talk about the refs in that Steelers-Chargers game, and I learned that false starts are an illusion if you play tackle for the Los Angeles Chargers, which is really, really great. Uh, listen, I know that that missed call on a touchdown pass, none, no less, was one of the big conversations coming out of Sunday, and I totally get it. Like, That sucks. And that's the thing that I take away from that is, man, I feel for the refs. I might be the only person on the planet who feels for the refs, but they know they missed that call. Unbelievable. Tomlin said after the game, they came over immediately and admitted it. And there's nothing you can do about it. From a gambling perspective, those things happen, right? You know, it's it's unfortunate when a one-off situation like that probably costs you money. But it's just one of those things that you have to roll with. You can't well, let it. Wait a second. All right. All right. What do you mean roll? It was 13 nothing. What are you going to do about it? <sighs> That's a fair point. I don't have a counter to that. But it was 13 nothing at the time. And the Steelers are rolling. And the Chargers, boom, get back in the game on a bad, bad blown call. Like, mentally, that just saps you, right? And that, just... But that is my thing. Both, I guess as a gambler in a weird way, you've got to... You got to approach it the way that the athletes on the field have to approach it. It's very human to let that get in your head, to let that affect the next bet that you make, to let that affect the next snap of the ball. And I know it's easier said than done, but you just got to let it go. You got to let it go. And and you know, I don't know how much of the games you watched yesterday, but I felt like every game there were more penalties. I don't have any numbers to back it up, but I'm looking at some box scores here. Giants 12 penalties for 107 yards panthers seven for a buck oh four that rams game which was a sweat that i didn't need i did hit them by the way seven for 105 there were just so many penalties i don't know if it's late in the season but it it felt like a weird sunday i mean listen lynch the results were shocking all around i will say this what i learned and this is a public service announcement as men and young men and you know guys with families are getting ready for the holidays. I made the mistake, Andrew, of signing off when my wife asked, hey, the only day we can take family pictures is Sunday. I know it's during NFL. Is that okay? And just wanting to, you know, yes, dear. Oh, sure. Yeah, no problem. Of course, I realize it's during the witching hour. Lynch, I mean, come on. So how many of those pictures have you staring at your phone, sweating on the Red Zone channel? So I had the app 
uh, I got a friend's uh, password, and I'm on the app, and I have it in my pocket. And of course, we're taking photos, and you can hear, you know, it's silence during the photos, then you can hear the announcer, oh, the Bengals fumble the punt. You know, and I mean, I just go into this little tirade, and I was I was lost, and the wife was not happy with it, uh, obviously. And then I had to sweat the damn Rams. Uh, you know, that that was not needed. And the real, the one that really hurt, okay? And this is on me. The Green Bay Packers, and I know they fired McCarthy, but I'm on the app in my phone, and I don't hear anything about the Packers and scoring. And I look at the score. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And I got to say, this is why you don't take double-digit dogs. And it's a rule. Producer Conrad should have said, Jason, it's your rule. Don't break it. And it was one I felt good about, and they were never in You mean double-digit favorites? Double-digit favorites, yes. Oh, always take double-digit oh, no, oh, Okay, yes. maybe don't always take double-digit dogs, unless it's John Gruden against the yes. Chiefs, apparently. Oh, we'll get to that. But I got to say, so just two things. Obviously, adhere to your rules no matter what you think. Josh Rosen going in the cold. Don't matter. Packers suck. And if your wife asks you about a honeydew, and it involves family photos, and it involves Sunday during NFL football. Just do your best to adjust something else in the week, because it shook my entire Sunday. I was a wreck the entire day. In short, it is time to put up or shut up. All right, enough with the rants. Let's move on to put up or shut up. You know the drill. Using the hashtag put up or shut up. You can go toe-to-toe with me gambling any top 25 college football game, NFL game. We're even dabbling in the NBA and college basketball. By the way, side note, I had somebody approach me about a college basketball algorithm, and I've been monitoring the picks. They have been doing well. I will reveal that. Hopefully, I've got to get permission from You had me at algorithm. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's good. This guy's very sharp. So we do have some good listeners out there uh, who are coming to me with some good stuff. Anyways, regarding hashtag put up or shut up, at Drew R. Foster, I felt confident. I doubled down, and I took the L. I had the Bears. You won with the Giants. I will say this. Uh, I do a Sunday morning TV show, and as I'm driving home, I have the app on my phone. And the number one highlight within three minutes was Chase Daniel pick six. And I said, damn it, I lost put up or shut up. When Chase Daniels is turning it over... That's the one weakness of the Bears. Please gamble responsibly if you're using the app in your phone uh, or app in, using the app in your car. Yeah, that was. I literally said out loud in our NFL war room on Sunday. As soon as that pick six happened, I was like, "Oh, I'm losing that bet." Yeah, so. no, it was. You could feel it. And, and listen, I will say this: the Bears rebounded nicely. Still they better le- than Eli Manning. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, well, they led 14-7 late in the first half, and then Nagy kind of screwed it up, gave the Giants a chance to kick a field goal. Giants, you know, kind of explode in the third quarter. And it was a fun game, but a couple things on the Bears. They need Trubisky back. There's no doubt about that. But I will say the defense, they let Saquon have a game. He went over 125 yards. Actually, he had exactly 125 yards. They got tricked uh, on the Odell Beckham pass. Tariq Cohen had himself a heck of a game. But overall, you know, I don't read too much into the Bears' loss. But at Drew R. Foster, hit me with your Venmo info, and I will send you a cool $20. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! On to what were you thinking? Were we either pat ourselves on the back or take it on the chin? 
And this weekend was absolutely bananas, Lynch, because we were split on the four games. We disagreed, yet both of us end up losing a lot of money Sunday. Now, I will couch it with this. I had a phenomenal Saturday if you took my college football picks. Even producer Conrad tossing in the Fresno, that one. Listen, I won a lot of money. What was I thinking? I should not have rolled it into Sunday because then it all evaporated. All right, let's go into the games. Browns at Texans. Uh, Lynch, the Baker train was derailed a bit. Three picks in the first half. He did have a good second half, but that was never in doubt. Is your takeaway from this more about the Browns or the Texans who, I got to say, with the Steelers losing, are the Houston Texans like the third best team in the AFC? We mentioned last week on the podcast they were up to the eighth shortest odds to win the Super Bowl. They're now seventh, so Ooh, they're moving on up. They actually, value. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I don't know if there's <laughs> value on the Houston Texans to win the Super Bowl, but it means that they're a valuable team in the regular season. I This was more about Houston to me. I think they're rounding into a very, very solid, possibly elite team on both sides of the ball. I'm all in on Deshaun Watson. We're going to look ahead to that line a little bit later. I will say, what was I thinking as I'm watching this game? It's like, oh, okay. So this is what it's like to conduct a runaway train. Like, <laughs> I've been on the, you know, been the conductor of the Baker Mayfield train all season long, and uh, I was reaching for every single lever, every break, just trying to get something from Cleveland out of this game. Baker put up good numbers, but I think they're a little bit misleading. That said, you know, Cleveland's got Carolina this week. The game opened at a pick 'em. Uh, we'll talk about that one a little later as yeah, well. Yeah, now that is an interesting one. Uh, I will say this about the Texans. You know, they let Watson get sacked four times, uh, and they weren't that sharp in the second half. I did like the run game. Lamar Miller had a big game. Even Alfred Blue, uh, they ran for a buck 87 against the Browns. Texans, now, we can stop saying this is a fluke. I mean, nine straight. I know the Browns are under 500, but that was a convincing win, led 23-0 at the half. And really quickly, I, I think you said something really interesting there about the the Texans' run game and the Browns getting pressure on Deshaun Watson. This We know who these teams are at this point, and that's the Browns in a nutshell. They try to force turnovers. They get, they've got a great defensive line that gets pressure on the quarterback, and they cannot stop the run. So if they can't force turnovers, which is one of my worries on Thursday— then you're you're going to see this kind of performance where they can give up a ton of points. Speaking of giving up a ton of points, uh, your boy, I rode with the Bengals. I was hot on the Bengals and Jeff Driscoll and uh, Lynch. They, they were in the game, I guess you could call it for a half, maybe for early in the third quarter. But ultimately, the Denver Broncos covered Phillip Lindsay. I got If he's not the runner-up, or in the top three for Offensive Rookie of the Year. He's been tremendous. That guy's fast. Broncos handle the Bengals. Just, it was bad news for the Bengals. A.J. Green goes down, non-contact. Looks like his season's probably over. They lost Vontez Perfect because he knocked himself out uh, drilling somebody. I, I, te- Bengals did not look that good. Now, the Broncos, I got to ask, Lynch. I wanted to fire their head coach, Vance Joseph, a couple weeks ago. He's got his team in the playoffs now. Is it? Are the Broncos a bet on team, or do you see that Chris Harris injury as significant and maybe uh, some cause for concern? That Chris Harris injury sucks a lot. Fortunately, the Broncos have the Niners this week. You know they're on the road in San Francisco or Santa Clara, I suppose, as five and a half point favorites. Um, yeah, it's it's been fascinating to watch this Broncos team. Kind of like we talked about on Thursday. 
they're just going against the grain in the NFL. Philip Lindsay had, I believe, 8.2 yards per carry in that game. He's crazy. I mean, Blake Bortles would kill for 8.2 yards per attempt, let alone a running back getting that on the ground. Yeah. You know, I, this Broncos team is going to be a value team through the rest of the regular season, and then you're going to be able to make some money betting against the, them in the postseason. Yeah, uh, and, and again, the Chris Harris injury, he's an all-pro caliber player. That's huge in the secondary. To the point that when the injury happened during the game, all of a sudden I was worried being About on the, the cover. Broncos' side. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, no doubt. Uh, Jeff Driscoll could not pull it off. So another L for me, uh, Vikings-Patriots. This one really annoyed me uh, because I thought the Vikings got jobbed on back-to-back passes in the end zone. Should have been a flag. Yeah, again, uh, you know, the referee was an issue with several games yesterday. I was irate about that. But ultimately, this comes down to, Jason, don't try to outsmart the room. Don't pick against the Patriots in Foxborough in December. That's stupid. Yeah, and not stupid. I want to give a shout-out to Tom Brady cementing his thousand yard rushing mark <laughs> in that final kneel down i that was the most or one of the most human things i've ever seen from tom brady where he didn't want to take two steps back and take the kneel in the victory formation he wanted to make sure and he wanted to make sure that the ref saw that hey i actually went forward here i'm still at a thousand yards like that's i don't know i think he's gotten some guff from people is like oh he's a winner stats don't matter this is proof that even tom brady cares about stats yeah, and like I think that's kind of cool. I like that he has this human moment where it's like, I want to make sure that in my 19 seasons, I accumulated 1,000 yards rushing. That I, that was the, what really stuck out to me because I won. Like It's easy yeah. to take note of the little things like that when you make money. I, I, again, I don't think the Vikings did anything horrible here. They were in that game, but they seemed deflated after the back-to-back pass ah, interference deflated. calls. <laughs> that was not a joke. Uh, run get, What jumps out at me, for the Patriots, Lynch's their run game is you know solid, and they're going to ride that. Uh, Sony Michelle was good. The return of Rex Burkhead, and even the running backs in the pass game. I mean, Josh Gordon had three targets. Gronk had four. James White had nine. This team is, you know, I know we're talking about offenses and high octane. I feel like the Patriots are going to run the ball a lot and beat teams. Vikings, listen, they're not a lock to make the playoffs. Now I know the NFC is falling apart. I'm not blaming Kirk Cousins. A lot of people getting in my mentions yesterday. Uh, Adam Thielen was not 100%. Diggs was not 100%, although uh, Patriots did a good job scheming them out of the game. So another loss for me. And finally, oh boy, Mike Tomlin. We're going to have to talk about Mike Tomlin, aren't we? Steelers, three and a half point favorites, lost outright after leading 23-7. to Everybody saw the stat. At home, leading by 14 points, 220, 0, and 2. And they lose. And they lose. And really it comes down to that those final couple possessions to me. And what was I thinking with this game? Even in the moment, I was really hoping, and I know there's been some speculation this morning, that the Steelers were making a strategic choice by jumping offside three times the way they did on those field goals. Um, But then there's also been reports from Steelers players and some other players who have played the Chargers that, you know, maybe that long snapper is kind of shaky with the ball right before the snap. So that whole scenario was really just just compelling to watch. And I, I do think the Steelers were probably trying to jump the snap and knowing that they needed or thinking that they needed to block the field goal. My question to you, J-Mac If we assume that's true, if we think the Steelers were making a concerted effort to go after that that kick as aggressively as they possibly could, 
is that the right move? No. Because as far as as this is a kicker who missed one earlier. This is the Chargers who historically can't make field goals. And I I I feel like thinking. I feel like some teams and some players are going so galaxy brain that they're just outthinking themselves. I mean, Mike uh, Mike Tomlin, listen, he deserves some heat today. Okay, you can't leave a friggin' linebacker on Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen yesterday. 19 targets, 14 catches. He was just moving the chains because he's going against some guy. And I don't understand how Collinsworth and Al Michaels are talking up LJ Fort. Oh, LJ Fort's having a great game. He's all over the field. He's guarding Keenan Allen. He's just chasing him and tackling him. Like, that's not a strategy. This is an undrafted linebacker from Northern Iowa against a top 10 receiver. Mike Tomlin, you're, oh. Listen, I've lost now two weeks in a row on the Steelers. You get outscored 26-7 to at home in the second half. You know, I mean, Bosa had a pretty good game. My takeaway, this kid Justin Jackson at running back, I mean, he looked good. I don't want to overreact here. I think the Chargers are a bigger threat than the Steelers in the AFC now. Let's see about the James Conner injury. Producer Conrad, I don't know if there's any news today on this. That didn't look good. He went to the locker room immediately. Uh, they're calling it a leg injury. If you don't have Conner, I, I, don't, I don't think they're going anywhere. In the AFC, that's just not. Yeah, I, listen, I I think the Chargers coming into this week were were probably a bigger threat than the Steelers. I they're just they've been slightly better uh, on both sides of the ball and in cumulative you know total. Chargers uh, have now won in Seattle and Pittsburgh. Those are two tough places to come out with wins. And I know you could say, well, the offsides and yeah, the offsides was BS and it sucked and it got them back in the game, but. They still won. You and I are both big NBA fans. You know how we talk about in the NBA and in other sports about guys who they get to 27, 28, 29, and maybe the athleticism starts to wane a little bit, but they're just seeing the game at a level that they just, that's when they really reach their prime. I know Phillip Rivers is not, you know, 27, 28 years old, but I feel like he has reached this point where he has just seen every defense. He's seen everything that teams are throwing at him, and he is just carving defenses up. I've always liked Phillip Rivers. I've really fallen in love with the guy uh, this season, and congratulations on the ninth child, sir. (laughs) He has more kids than interceptions. Don't schedule Christmas pictures on a Sunday, Philip Rivers. Dude, oh my gosh. Rivers, you could make an argument this is the best season he's ever had. Because it uh, looks like 2009, he had 28 TDs, 9 picks. This season, 28 and 6 picks. Highest quarterback rating ever. Yeah, this is his best season. So I know Mahomes and, and Breeze are getting a lot of the accolades. Russell Wilson and Phillip Rivers have been outstanding this year. It's amazing how fun football can be when the quarterback plays through the roof. Yeah. Wait, no, no. Let me officially say it. This is Rivers' best season ever. His best season ever for completion percentage. Highest yards per attempt. He's at nine. Best TD to interception ratio and best quarterback rating. This is his best season ever. If you remove that Denver debacle where he was awful... Philip Rivers has been outstanding. And meanwhile, entering the week, the Chargers had the sixth best rushing offense in the NFL as well. They're so well-rounded. That defense, now that everyone's starting to get healthy, is really becoming a force. Let me just ask, uh, Chargers, Chiefs, do you feel the Chargers can hang with them? Uh, They're only one game back right now. But if you look at point differential, uh, Chargers are plus 91. That's second only to the Chiefs in the AFC. I do think the Chargers can hang with the Chiefs. I certainly wouldn't necessarily side with LA. I'd obviously have to see the spread there. Uh, But the Chargers have a good defense, and the Chiefs have an abysmal defense, as we saw against John Gruden, the Raiders, who covered... Sorry. Let me quickly get some props before we wrap up. I don't think we said San Diego once. 
Right? Uh, nice job, Lynch. Excellent. Finally, we deserve a pat on the back because holy hell, I took a beating. Oh, quickly, Lynch, on to the money line picks. You were close. Josh Allen nearly got you there. The Bills uh, lose to the Dolphins, but that was close. Hey, Josh Allen, sneaky, decent since he's been back? Very solid. Um, 135 yards rushing? It's, in, it's just incredible to watch him either escape pressure or some of these design runs. It's so much... F- I worry for their health, obviously, and I'm not sure it's the best approach to win a Super Bowl, but just rushing quarterbacks are just the best. Watching Lamar Jackson with Baltimore this weekend, just ah, so much fun. I can't believe I'm afraid to see Josh Allen against my Jets this week, but that's good. Are you? I was going to say, are you afraid? Jets are you hurtling toward a top three pick, baby? Let's get it. Uh, my money line picks. I went Bengals. I went Vikings, but I did hit Tampa Bay. Woo! And this is how, how much of a... Ch- I don't know if I can say that word on here, but I'm an idiot. And I took the Bengals and Vikings in the super contest. Didn't take the Bucks. You know, this is this is my problem. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have to have an intervention. I need at an some intervention. Point. Yeah, yes. we're gonna got, we're gonna have yeah. to get you just focused on five picks every yeah. week, and you're gonna make money yeah. with coming up. I, d- I didn't even take the Texans. Unbelievable. All right, moving on. Watch these lines. Let's look at week 14. Can you believe it's week 14 already? The slate at first glance, Lynch. I mean, I'm going to give it a B, B plus. It's not an A slate, right? I won't go there. But let's look at a couple games that jump out again. It's only Monday, but we want to look at the Carolina Panthers visiting the Cleveland Browns. Panthers have now lost four straight. They're reeling. And if you look at the schedule, you see the Saints twice. Gulp. There are some rumors that with the new ownership in Carolina, Ron Rivera could be on the hot seat. This is a pivotal game. You lose to the Bucs. We know they've struggled on the road. Quick note, Cam Newton, um, four interceptions. Now, I will say this. They ran all over the Bucs, 168 yards rushing. Another strong game from Christian McCaffrey. But how does McCaffrey only have 10 carries and Cam Newton's throwing it 41 times? So they visit the Browns. Cleveland coming off the loss just got gutted by the Texans' run game. So you'd think this is a McCaffrey special. But to Carolina secondary, I mean, they can't stop a nosebleed. How do you not intercept turnover machine Jameis Winston, who moved the ball at will? Um, I'm going to go ahead and lean Browns. Now, this opened on the look-ahead as Cleveland by one. I believe currently it's Carolina by one, right? Correct. Okay. Now, we got to obviously check injury reports, but my lean here would be the Cleveland Browns. How much value do you think you can get on the Browns? Since this has moved, it opened at pick, has moved to the Panthers minus one. Do you think this is going to tick up to minus two, minus two and a half? Well, this is, a you know, obviously zero, not a key number here like three is, but I wonder if this is similar to the Atlanta Baltimore game, right? That that was negative one, I believe. And then it quickly shifted and all the money was on the Falcons. And of course, we saw them lay an egg at home. I just don't know. I don't trust the Carolina defense for starters. And I do think Baker Mayfield was awful in the first half against the Texans, but bounced back strong. I think they're going to be able to move the football uh, against this Carolina secondary. I'm going to lean Browns. I still believe in Cam Newton. Uh, and I would lean Panthers here. Definitely at Pickham. Probably still in minus one. Neither of these teams can really stop the rush, stop the run. Uh, the Browns are 25th in rush defense. They just gave up 187 yards to Houston. I'm going to lean toward CMC, that Panthers rush game. 
but man, this is it's tough to uh, to jump off the the Baker train on this game in particular. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, just a quick note: the Panthers average six point eight yards per play. You usually win that game. But not when you turn it over four times. Next up, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, a bit of an asterisk by this due to the Eagles playing on Monday Night Football. Cowboys favor by four at home. Just one in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. I think the world is going to be on Dallas here, right? The, the value would probably be on the Eagles, especially at four. What do the Eagles do to win this game? That's the question that I'm asking myself here because I know what the Cowboys are doing well right now. They're running the ball, and that defensive front seven is monstrous. I'm not sure I know what the Eagles are doing well right now. I feel like the Cowboys are on a little bit of a hero's journey. You know, they they started the season. They have this safety of the that offensive line. That's you know they always know that can happen. Then they face a little adversity when they have some injuries to you know three of their five best offensive linemen. And then they struggle through that adversity and kind of come out the other side looking decent. I don't think it ends, you know, with them conquering the empire or anything like that. Mm, I don't know that I'd rule that out. Right now, I think I lean Dallas here because, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, I think Washington plays Philly tough tonight. And then I think that Dallas line, because it's going to be so public and because people see Philly perhaps struggle against Washington and Colt McCoy tonight, I think that line is going to get inflated. So Ah. I think the value is on the Cowboys right now. Um, but that's just my read, both on the, you know, a conditional probability call it. Two names to watch Lynch. Uh, Cowboys beat the saints without Tyron Smith and without Sean Lee. They're both expected back this week. You get Leighton Van Der Esch, Jalen Smith, Sean Lee, uh, Eagles already can't run the football. Um, and uh, shucks, I might be talking myself out of the Eagles. Uh, so I, we'll have to watch Monday Night Football closely. But I think you could be onto something with the Cowboys favored at home against Philly. Next up, Week 14, Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts. Now this, this is fascinating because it could be for the division, right? I mean, the Colts had that brutal loss, uh, you know, uh, in, in Jacksonville. And now they've got to go to Houston. They got to go to Houston. They lost at Houston earlier in that barn burner, that crazy game. Went uh, late in the game. They went for it on fourth down in their own and failed and ended up losing. I do wonder, um, are, can you bet against the Texans at this point? Nope. What's the line you're seeing? Currently at four and a half. Um, I think this has the potential to be a little bit of an overreaction special because we saw the Texans just obliterate the Browns, who, again, have a solid defense. And then Indianapolis losing a game in which their opponent scored six points. I don't even know if a football game was played there. They might have just made up that box score. Uh, I lean towards the Texans. You know me. When we prep for these podcasts, I like to take pretty diligent notes. I've usually got a page or two on each game. I've just got... Deshaun Watson, baby, baby, written in all caps on my notes for this game. I'm, I'm falling in love with this Texans team. I think if, if I were thinking with my head last week, I would have taken Houston over Cleveland. I just wanted to continue to roll with Baker, and you know, if you cash that bet, you feel pretty good about it. But yeah, again, this Houston team, seventh shortest odds to win the Super Bowl. They're solid. Love JJ Watt. Love that defensive line. I mean, there's. I don't really see any flaws in this yeah. team right well, now. Well, potential flaw. Again, you know, we're looking at three games here. We're all talking about the favorite. Underdogs just went 10-5 and five last week. You know, so I, I don't want to rush to judgment. 
But the Colts could not run the football against Jacksonville, and they ain't going to be able to do it against the Texans, okay? So now you look at, okay, how are the skill position players? And the Jack Doyle loss clearly hurts. They really miss him at tight end. Uh, I mean, Eric Ebron getting 16 targets? Like, come on, is that really what you're doing? So, I, I, I mean, I do wonder about that Colts offense. It had been on fire, but they just ran into a buzzsaw in Jacksonville. I, I, I want to make a case for my guy, Andrew Luck, but... This is a game where they lose this. You can forget the playoffs. They're 6-6, six and six and you know the Texans are in the mix. This one, if you harbor any hopes of winning the division, the Colts got to win this. I don't, I don't know if they're capable. Finally, and this is probably the game of the weekend, right? Oh, absolutely. This is for supremacy in the NFC. I know the Saints are obviously there, but the Rams visiting the Bears, this is huge because the Rams, if they want home field advantage, they can't lose this. They are at Chicago, and it looks like the Bears are going to be four-point home dogs. Actually, it's uh, down to three Ooh. as we record this. Yeah, so a lot, a, a lot of Chicago money coming in. Money. Well, we'll see what the deal is with Mitchell Trubisky because uh, Chase Daniels showed his true self, right, uh, with the turnovers. I mean, he fumbled three snaps. And Trubisky is expected to start. That's the, Trubisky, the expectation okay. as we have it right now. Rams defense, how did they look to you against the Lions because I know Aaron Donald was a monster I mean he is really a a, a machine there but Stafford moved the ball well at times I thought uh I think Chicago at home is going to be able to move the football well against these guys I think there's a possibility uh I Stafford Stafford was really interesting because the Rams had him under duress almost the entire game he's just he's so good at stepping up or stepping to the side and delivering a hell of a ball downfield I think that's it was more about Stafford's arm strength really than it was about the Rams defense Akeem Tlaib was back it was great to see him back on the field for Los Angeles I really like the Rams here I do you on the road I I really do this is okay I, it's this is kind of a litmus test for me. The, the Rams, it's it's offense versus defense, right? And I've said for most of this season, offense versus defense, offense wins. But even when the elite units match up, right? Yeah, and so I, we, I kind of perked up right before we started recording this podcast when I saw this number come down to, to minus three, and I grabbed my phone and went to place a wager. But honestly, I hesitated because I wonder if there's this much coming money coming in on Chicago. Do I potentially yeah. get Rams minus two and a half here? I, d- I doubt you'll see that. Uh, what, but I do want to say this: Saquon rushed for a buck twenty-five against that Bears defense. Todd Gurley, you know he's going to have many opportunities. I'm sure, uh, you know, much will be made of the weather and you know Jared Goff going in the uh, cold temperature. Yeah, real quick. I'm glad you mentioned Jared Goff because I think the final score in that Rams Lions game really obscured how poorly Jared Goff played. He he was not very good. He That's a good had point. some really, really bad throws that should have been intercepted. And that so that is my one concern. If Khalil Mack is in his face all night, there's a possibility that Bears defense covers this. So it's early in the week, but looking at the weather report, it's going to be high 20s in Chicago on Sunday. So uh, that's going to be the, we're going to see the cold weather narrative. Now, I will say this, folks. Yes, I totally bricked and soiled myself on the Josh Rosen cold weather narrative. Um, Lynch, I think I lean Chicago here. I mean, I've had, some teams have just totally killed me. Uh, The Bears are one of them because I rode them early and then I got off and I haven't been able to get the right, get back on at the right time. But at the same time, like, uh, I just. 
here's what I think we need to do. I think the three of us, you, me, producer Conrad, and our audience, we need to figure out a wager for you and I on this game. It's because okay. I I'm gonna take you're the Rams. All, you're here. definitely on Rams. I'm gonna take the Rams here. So uh, I'm leaning uh, Bears. I haven't seen if there were any injuries in that. Uh, Come Giants on, J Mac, put up or shut hey, up. Hey, 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 hey! Slow down, man. It's Monday. Uh, so those are four interesting games for Week 14. We'll have much more on these on Thursday. Now, are you ready for some football? As always, we wrap up the podcast with a look at Monday Night Football. It's the Redskins. It's the Eagles. Lynch, the Eagles are six-point favorites. I don't know if in their current state they should be favored by six over anyone. Uh, But Colt McCoy comes to town, um, fresh off a turnover feast on Thanksgiving. Colt McCoy is a giving kind of quarterback, right? Dating back to his Texas days. No, Colt McCoy was a great college football quarterback at Texas. Um, I don't know. My early lean here is this. We just talked about week 14. And who do the Eagles have in week 14? The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys just beat the Saints. I wonder. Colt McCoy comes in. Adrian Peterson struggling the last few weeks. Injuries on the line. I wonder if the Eagles maybe overlook Washington and are thinking about, man, Dallas cleaned our clock at home. We got we, we got to take down Dallas. They just beat the Saints. Everybody was watching that game. Record TV numbers. Any chance the Eagles come in not as focused on the Redskins thinking about Week 14? I sure hope so. You know the definition of madness, right, J-Mac? Doing the same thing over and over and over again. I'm putting in Washington money line bet again. I'm betting on Colt McCoy on the money line for a second time this season, getting money plus line. 210 tonight. Really? Yeah, I just I have so many questions about this Eagles team on both sides of the ball, and I think the one thing that the Eagles do well is pass to Zach Ertz in the tight end. Well, Washington is a top 10 defense against tight ends this season. Mm. The Philly pass defense, on the other hand, well, they're 24th in the NFL by DVOA. Colt McCoy can sling it. Like, he's not maybe the best decision maker all the time, but he can matriculate the ball downfield. Getting 2-1 to one here, I don't hate a bet on Washington. I think if you want to bet the spread, Washington probably covers. I would lean towards Washington there. Okay. Um, and again, these are two... Both pass defenses are pretty poor. Washington, outside of defending the tight end, they're 26th in the NFL. This game... Even you look at it, Washington, Philly, neither really a sexy team this season. Over-under is right around 44. You might lean toward the under, thinking that neither offense is particularly elite right now. I actually think because of the past defenses, this game has a really good chance of going over. Interesting. So I did just look at the injury report based on what you were saying, and, and you're spot on. The past defenses are bad. The Eagles have already ruled out Jalen Mills, one of their good cornerbacks, and Avante Maddox, who is not even very good. Now, Sidney Jones is a go, so that is going to be good. But again, Sidney Jones is a young guy. He's a rookie. Now, fortunately for him, he doesn't have to face any great receivers because everybody on the Redskins is hurt. So this is kind of a mash unit situation for both secondaries. I guess if I... I mean, I think you're probably onto something with Redskins' money line, but... At the same time, is this one of those where if you watch early in the game, maybe an in-game wager is the play? Ooh, if all of that. a sudden the Eagles come out and they look focused and determined, uh, listen, I don't see Colt McCoy coming back on the road. Maybe in the back door. But, uh, you know, I to, to win the game, Lynch, I, under the lights, Doug Peterson's feeling some heat in Philly. They're booing him. After winning a Super Bowl 10 months ago, they're booing the guy. I think in a big spot here, Peterson comes through, but... 
I guess I would lean Redskins. I'll go a half unit on the Redskins, but I'm going to be looking at an in-game wager. Your official play on Monday Night Football is? Half unit, money line, Washington. Um, I love you, NFL, but it might be the only way that I'm going to watch this game in its entirety. Yeah, seriously, this is a tough one. Uh, all right, there you have it, folks. Your investment for Monday night. We talked about it all. We recapped week, week 13, looked ahead to week 14. And, of course, listen, there's going to be plenty of college football talk. We're probably going to do a bowl special Producer Conrad chomping at the bit to continue our hot streak. I'm now over 60% on the season in college football. I'll take that as the NFL picks continue to struggle. I don't know how we're going to pull this off, Lynch. You know the definition of 60%, getting getting 60% of your picks, right? Profitable. Yes, yes, yes. But listen, the NFL is king, and we have to absolutely finish strong. So remember, get in those put-up-or-shut-up games so we can talk about them on Thursday. For Andrew Lynch, I am Jason McIntyre. Talk to you on Thursday. Thursday.